I invite you to open uh, your Bibles to the book of Mark, still in the first chapter in our second week here. We're going to be in Mark 1, 9 through 13, as we prepare ourselves for communion. A few verses. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved with you. I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. As I was studying this week, what left out to me about these verses is how much it's about denying oneself. Jesus came from heaven, denying himself the splendor he was usually accustomed to having He practiced downward mobility in a way that I often take for granted in my life with him. It's a mystery how someone is God and human at the same time. But we have to consider that just to become one of us, just to come from earth, is a sacrifice in and of itself. In this action, before he does anything else, Jesus shows his love for you and for me. Jesus chooses to be baptized by John as a symbol of submitting to the Father. He doesn't need to be cleansed. He takes this step right before his ministry begins, maybe to strengthen his inner human spirit. He is affirmed by the Father, by the Holy Spirit coming down as a dove. Here we see the Trinity and community expressing solidarity in this momentous event. For us, baptism is an outward action of what God has done on the inside for us. Who God is, we want to proclaim. It's a time also where we experience the Lord's presence in special ways. Baptism is telling the world we want to put him first. It's communicating that we want to have a depth of relationship That is different than what we had before. How the world is not going to divert us from belonging to him. So like Jesus, we express our intention to follow with the act of baptism. Jesus is then driven deeper into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the devil. This is where it gets real very quickly. Walking closely with the Lord invites spiritual attack. In this temptation, Jesus feels with his whole self what we feel when we have oppression for our faith. This is an intense interaction with evil because this is not going to be a battle just against the flesh. It's a cosmic battle where souls are at stake. But Jesus is also getting ready for three years where he would daily face temptation as a human. Again, an act of denying what he might want in his flesh at any given moment so that we might conquer sin and death. On earth, he felt the pull, like we do, of human needs and desires and wants. For three years, he was one of us in what we know here, 
He would have to resist sin at every level, all while people treated him as less than God, less than who he was. And although he may have been greatly tempted, he did not insist on getting his own way or his right to be heard. Mark doesn't spell out here what happens in the 40 days in the desert, but we know what happens from the other gospel writers. Jesus is tempted with food. He's hungry, and bread would taste so good. He's tempted with provision. Satan tells him, throw yourself off this high precipice. The angels will save you. God will save you. He's tempted with having the whole world laid out before him if he would just bow down and worship the devil. Here, we see Satan giving in to his own temptation to be glorified. There's a lesson here for us about evil. It promises something that it cannot actually give. Satan cannot offer to God what God himself has created and has dominion over. There may be satisfaction in the moment, but there was no long-term game here for Jesus, only defeat. We think about why it was that Jesus was baptized and then taken immediately to a place of temptation, to have the depth of this amazing experience where he feels the Father's love, where he sees the dove descending, and then to be taken immediately out to a place of desolation. We talked about that a little bit last week, how the wilderness is an unforgiving place sometimes of trial and testing. There's a parallel for us in our lives of walking with God in close relationship and then experiencing how the world comes in and tries to sway us to a different reality. Every day we have temptation. We are vulnerable to it like Jesus was here. If Jesus denied himself earthly enticements, which would cause sin and deter him from his mission, what does that mean for us? The world is a tough place, and it's only by living in God's power that gives us strength to fight off the danger. It is the truth of God's word that helps Jesus, and that same scripture reminds us who we are, and can help us to do what God wants. So the question I have for us today that I've been wrestling with in my own life, in my own spirit, in my own flesh, is how much do we deny ourselves in this life? By all accounts, we have a very good existence here. Even most of our daily struggles are not life-threatening like many have today. So where are your places of temptation? Where are the places where you find yourself in the desert? Stop and think. Does it have to do with the obvious ones like greed or sex or gossip or anger? Or is it more internal like pride and self-pity and laziness, control? All of us have areas in our lives where we are regularly tempted Sometimes it doesn't take an outside force, just as the things we struggle with. Where are you tempted to give in to that which is sinful or harmful? We don't live in a time where denying ourselves 
is very understood, nor is it admired. The overarching message is to give in, because that's how life works, and you might as well get on board. It's actually considered abnormal to choose to withstand that that the life offers. The opposite of self-denial is, of course, self-indulgence. So maybe that's a different way to ask the question. Where are your places where you regularly indulge yourself? Giving into what we think we deserve because we justify it in some way. I'm so tired. I work so hard. I'm so stressed. I need this. <laughs> Maybe not be people who give up what the Lord has for us because something looks good in the moment. May we resist the notion that Christ has sacrificed for us so we don't have to give up anything. Denying oneself is central to following Jesus. When we say we want to be a Christian, then denying ourselves is part of what we've signed up for. Jesus said if anyone would come after him, they take up their cross daily. They follow. They deny themselves. This is a universal and individual proposition like much of our faith. The command is for all of us, and how we live it out is individual and in how we are in him. So in communion, then, we examine our lives, asking God for wisdom and strength for this day, for this season, where we find ourselves. Jesus was tempted in the desert, and he chose to trust God, to reject what was put before him, because he knew who he was, he knew who God was, he knew what it was that the Lord had for him, and it was so much more than a loaf of bread or an empty promise that Satan could not deliver. But he had to make a choice. And so do we. We are not perfect. We are far from it. But because Jesus did not sin, there's hope for us. There's forgiveness and grace when we do make mistakes. And today is an opportunity to just stop. And pause as we come forward and we take the life that was so sacrificially and willingly given to stop and to say, where is it that we are inclined to sin? Where is it that we have been failing? Where is it that we have been indulging ourselves and daily giving into temptation in a way that does not honor God, that takes us away from who he is and what he has for us? What is currently tempting you? And how are you asking the Lord to help you? And how are you asking those around you who love you for accountability and for help? Because in isolation, it's so easy to not deny anything. Communion is a moment of forgiveness for the times that we chose not to deny ourselves. It is a time where we ask God to help us in our weakness, in the places where we want to give in to sin, to the sin that will take the life away from us that God means for us to have. And so as we take the elements, remember that Jesus gives us the power to live a life that is pure and holy and good. And he is showing us in this instance what is possible. 
He endured everything so we might have strength beyond ourselves when we need it. By his wounds, we are healed. And by his example, we will live. So let us portray a deep trust in the Savior as we come forward and receive his sacrifice on our behalf.